Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, good morning, Rethink Life. You guys doing good today? All right. Well, man, we've had an incredible morning and looking forward to our time together here today. And let me just say that uh, if you're new with us here at Rethink Life, my name is Rodney Gage, and I'm the lead pastor and so honored that you've chosen to be here and to worship with us. And uh, we always count it an honor when people uh, spend their Sundays with us. And so looking forward to uh, what God wants to say in and through our time together. And uh, last week, um, I received so many just uh, encouraging notes and text messages from uh, friends just saying, hey, I'm praying for you. But uh, I appreciate all of those who prayed for me. I was down for the count with the flu. And uh, some of you have had that stuff. You know what that feels like. It is no fun. And in literally in the bottom of the ninth, I threw a curveball to my wife, Michelle, and I said, I need you to pinch hit. I can't speak tomorrow. And so last Sunday, she literally at the last minute stepped in and brought an incredible word. And if you missed last week, you need to go back and hear it because it truly was an incredible word. And so she kicked off our new series that uh, we're in. And so today is week two of a four-part series that we're calling Relationship Restart. And we're really looking at a whole new way of thinking when it comes to our relationships. And I just want to encourage you, again, if you missed last week, go back and, and watch it. But what I want to do is go ahead and dive into today's message and uh, share something with you that kind of happened that was pretty cool. A friend of mine who's an uh, airline pilot for JetBlue Airlines, um, he reached out to me. It's been a while back, and he said, hey, he said, I have a special treat for you. He said, uh, I want you to mark your calendar, and uh, he said, I want to take you through the JetBlue flight simulator. He said, how would you like to fly the brand new Airbus? I'm like, for real? Like, really? I mean, I can actually do that? He said, yeah. He said, that's what we train all of our pilots on. And he said, it's an incredible opportunity. He said, I've got it arranged. You and Michelle, you both can go if you want to be a part of this. I said, man, that sounds awesome. And so I'll never forget, uh, as time got near, um, I was in my mind thinking, man, I wonder what this is going to be like. Well, sure enough, we went, and I actually got to fly an Airbus simulator, and we actually have it on video. And so I actually recorded the takeoff, and I want you to see how I did on my first try. Check this out. Push it off two clicks. One, one more. There, there you go. Again, if we start going right, you need a little left rudder. There you go. You got this. All right, Brandon. and burn to my first attempt but I lived to tell about it and uh, it was truly an epic moment because it was so lifelike so incredibly real 
but I'll have to confess, I did crash and burn. You saw the red splash up there on the, on the windshield. But here's the good news. The good news is, is that it was a simulator. The good news is, is I had an instructor, and the instructor pushed restart, and I got a second chance, and I actually had a successful takeoff. And so it was really cool. And one of the things that it kind of reminded me of was the fact that so often in life, we sometimes, even in our relationships, will find ourselves crashing and burning. Things don't always maybe go as we had hoped. Uh, maybe we're in a situation or circumstance, uh, maybe currently right now, and you think, you know, you just thought to yourself countless times, man, I wish I could go back and, you know, start over. I wish I could do some things different. And that's really what I had to do in that situation because even though I messed up from the first try, he told me a couple of things that I needed to focus on on the second attempt. And sure enough, when I put into practice what he encouraged me to do, it worked. And I had to just change my approach. And I think the same is true in our relationships. Yes, we're going to crash and burn. Yes, things don't always go as planned. Things don't necessarily fall into place. But here's the good news. The good news is, is that God's mercies are fresh and new each and every day. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that we serve a God who's a God of second chances, new beginnings? And so we have the opportunity to do things different. We have an opportunity to change our approach, to build some new habits in our relationships. And so whether you're in a relationship, uh, you may be married, uh, maybe you're in between right now, regardless of what your situation or circumstances might be, in your relationships, we can always grow, we can always do things different, we can always get better. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul is really trying to help us understand. It's really a new way of thinking when it comes to how we approach our relationships. And I think one of the things that we learn here in the in the, really the opening chapter in the book of Philippians. In fact, if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Philippians chapter 1. If you have our app, you can follow along there. We have the notes provided for you. But in Philippians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is actually writing a thank you letter to a group of brothers and sisters in Christ. These are fellow believers who are living in a city known as Philippi. And uh, Philippi is basically a city uh, in Greece. And so here they were, a part of a church that the Apostle Paul had helped establish. And as he was in Rome, unfortunately in a prison cell, he's actually writing this thank you letter to his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And one of the things that he did in the opening chapter of this book, which by the way, is, a, is really a theme of joy. It's a theme of of, you know, of happiness. And I think one of the things that stands out, to, stands out to me more than anything is that the fact that Paul the Apostle is writing a letter in a prison cell to a group of fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, it tells me that you can still have joy, okay, regardless of your circumstances. As a matter of fact, what he's helping us understand is that joy and true happiness is not circumstantial, it is relational. And so we have to understand that our true joy, our true source of happiness, comes from the source of joy, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. And so as a result, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter, and he begins the letter by basically just establishing the word thank you. 
And I want to pick it up. We're going to begin in verse 1. We're going to read through verse 11. And if you have your Bible, you can follow along with, with me as I read. So Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ, Je in Christ Jesus at Philippi, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership and the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, and this is what we're going to learn about today. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight... So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It's powerful. Here is a thank you letter that he's writing to a group of fellow Christians. Last week, Michelle helped us understand that the first habit when you're restarting your relationships is really to begin with an attitude of gratitude. And why is that so important? It's simply because when we show appreciation for someone, what are we doing? We're basically adding value to them. We are praising them for who they are. And when we add value and worth to that person by the things that we say about that person, what we're doing is we are appreciating. It's kind of like a home when you're assessing its value. You get an appraisal, right? And if the home increases in value, that's a good thing, right? It appreciates. But at the same time, if a home loses its, its, its value, what happens? It depreciates. That's a bad thing. And so what we have to understand in our relationships we need to add value to people. Because when we add value by praising them and appreciating them, what we're doing is we are validating who God made them to be. Doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean that we're always going to get, uh, get along perfectly with one another. But it simply means that we are adding value to who they are. Now here's what's important about that. When we have an attitude of gratitude, it really changes our perspective. It really helps change the way we think, and it also ultimately changes the way we live towards other people. So habit number one is to begin, as you push restart in your relationships, is to have an attitude of gratitude. The second thing that we're talking about today is this. The second habit, when we restart our relationships, you ready? It is to have and understand the power of positive praying. 
In other words, when we pray for our, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our children, whether it's our coworker, whether it's a classmate, what God desires more than anything is to emulate what Paul the Apostle was doing. And he's praying not only with great joy, but here's the thing. He's praying specifically positive prayers on behalf of the people that he cared about. Now here's something I think is very, very important. In verse 4, he says these words. He said, in all my prayers for all of you, notice, I always pray with joy. What is he doing? He's placing value on them. And then he continues, and here are four things that he specifically says that we can pray for the people who matter the most in our lives. And I want to pause here before I give you the four things and say this. If you are in a relationship with someone right now, let me ask you a question. How often do you pray for that person? If you're married, how often do you pray for your spouse? If you have a group of friends that you hang out with and you spend a great deal of time with, and the reason why you spend a great deal of time with them is because you care about them, you enjoy being with them, but here's the question, how much time do you spend praying for them? When you think about your coworkers at work that you spend enormous amounts of time with on a week-by-week -week basis, let me ask you a question. How often do you pray for the people in your workplace? The Apostle Paul is saying it's incredibly important that we learn to pray positive prayers. Now, it's important that you understand there's a difference between positive prayers and positive thinking. Because you can have somebody in your life that gives pushback. But there's one thing that they cannot push back, and that is the power of God through your prayers. So as you're praying positive prayers, you're also praying with the power of God working on your behalf. Working in the heart of that person. Working in the heart of your spouse. Working in the heart of your groups of friends, working in the heart in your workplace or with your co-workers. Listen, God can do like that what, listen, we could never do on our own. And just because, just because you may not think God is working does not mean that God is not working because God does, listen, he always does more than what you can see. You see, the power of positive prayer is that God is working behind scenes. God is working in a way that is according to his plan and his purpose and his timing. But God uses your prayer and he uses my prayer to change hearts, to change lives. So here's the beauty of it all. We can pray for other people and we can pray that God changes them. But guess whose heart is changed in the process? God changes you and me. So God wants to do not only a deep work in the lives of other people, but God wants to do a deep work in the heart of all of us. So there's great benefits. Everybody wins when we pray positive prayers. Amen? So let's unpack this. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Four things we need to pray for. One is that we need to pray that our loved ones and our friends grow in love. He said this, these words in verse 9 as he prayed. He said, and this is my prayer. 
that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. So in essence, what Paul is doing is he's praying for his fellow Christians, and he's praying that they will learn at the end of the day how to love God more, and how to love God better, and how to love God more, and how to love other people better. And he's thinking, if they will just abound, if they will just grow, if they will become more knowledgeable in depth and insight into how to love God and how to love people, they'll make an incredible difference in the lives of others. So he's praying that they'll grow in love. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you would like for your friends and your loved ones to be more loving? Let me see your hand. It's kind of like the guy who went to go see his counselor, marriage counseling, and so he kind of went off on his wife, and so the counselor, he paused, and he said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, do you ever wake up grouchy? He said, no, I just let her lay there and get up whenever she wants. <laughs> just kidding. The point is, we can all wake up a little grouchy, you know what I'm saying? We can all be guilty of being unloving. We can all be a little on edge. We can all be a little short-tempered. We can all be a little negative. We can all be a little cynical. We can all be a little pessimistic. We can all be hard to get along with. Can I get an amen? How many of you are sitting next to somebody who's hard to get along with? No, don't put your hands up, all right. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that any time that God wants to teach you how to love, he will put you right in the middle of the most selfish, self-centered, mean-spirited people on the planet. You ever notice that? It's kind of like, wow, what is this person's problem? And God is basically wanting to remind you that, hey, Guess what? I put you there for a reason because you need to learn how to be more loving. And the best way to love people better is to be around people who are not the easiest to get, a, get along with. The, the, the people who kind of rub you the wrong way. What I call heavenly sandpaper. They just kind of rub you wrong. You know what I'm saying? They just know what to say and how to say it. To push your button. To get you all riled up. To raise your blood pressure. And yet God says, no, there's a purpose for that. And that is to teach you how to be more loving. And so if you really want to see change happen with your spouse, with your coworker, with your friends at school. Listen. The people that you run with, the greatest single thing you can do is to pray that they will become more loving, that they will abound in love. Why is that so important? Because listen, we live in a world that no longer even understands what true, unconditional, agape love, sacrificial love is all about. And that's the reason why Paul goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, and then notice, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, and notice, a pleasing aroma to God. So if we want to have an atmosphere 
that just has this aroma that's filled with the love of God, then we've got to imitate God. We've got to live that way. We have to set the example. We have to set the tone. We've got to create the atmosphere by how we live. And God wants us to lead with love. So therefore, when you pray for your spouse, when you pray for your kids, when you pray for your coworkers, when you pray for your classmates, when you pray for your neighbors, pray that they will grow in love. Because at the end of the day, God wants us to love him more and to love people better. That's the first thing that Paul establishes when it comes to having the right kind of relationship. Because once again, hey, you know and I know, you don't have all the money, all the success in the world. But if your relationship stinks, man, if you're in a toxic, dysfunctional, unhealthy situation, I'm telling you, life is miserable. So therefore, if you're in one of those situations, if you're in a relationship that's unhealthy, toxic, dysfunctional, guess what? God says, pray for that person. Pray that they will abound in love. Pray that they will grow in love more and more. The second thing that Paul emphasizes and teaches us is not only when he prays to pray that they will grow in love, that their love will abound more and more, but he also says, pray that they will make better choices. In other words, verse 10, he said it this way, pray so that they may be able to discern, I love this, to discern what is best. How many of you need more wisdom? And I do. Where's wisdom come from? It comes from God. So the best thing that we can do is to pray and ask God to give the people that matter to us wisdom to discern what is best so that when they're standing in the fork of the road, they know exactly. Exactly what decision they need to make. They know how to make wise decisions when it comes to how they spend their money. Wise decisions when it comes to the people they choose to spend time with. Their friendships. Why is that so important? Because our friendships are like elevators. They're either taking us up or they're bringing us down. It has a profound effect on our lives more than we could possibly ever imagine. Listen, we need to pray that they not only make wise decisions when it comes to the relationships and friendships in their life but listen we need to we need to pray when it comes to the to the important decisions that they make on a day by day basis i love what galatians 5 verses 15 and 16 says so be careful how you live don't live like fools but notice but like those who are wise notice make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So we need to pray that the people in our lives make wise decisions, that they can discern what is best, so that they can make the most, most of every opportunity in the situation that they're in. I've always been amazed when I follow people on Instagram. It's very interesting. Just in case you're wondering, yeah, I stalk you people. <laughs> Looking at your Facebook pages and your Instagram posts, I'm thinking, wow. Interesting. 
that's odd. Whoa. What were they thinking? Wonder why they did that. Just kidding. Some of you are getting nervous. But in all seriousness, I've watched kids that I've known for a long time. They graduate from high school, they go off to college, and I'll be scrolling through, looking at their Instagram, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And it's like they check their brains at the door. It's like the wheels came off and the hubcaps are flying down the road. You know what I'm saying? How many of you parents, that's like your worst nightmare, right? And here's the thing. We've got to pray that, listen, they make wise decisions. We need to pray that our spouse makes wise decisions, that they discern what is best, that they make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Why is that so important? Because the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers of this evil, dark world. The Bible says that we have a real enemy that's out to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says that we have an enemy that prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to take out by one stupid, what was I thinking, decision. And we can literally lose a reputation in a matter of a few moments that we've spent a lifetime trying to build. And so we've got to understand that there's a ripple effect in the decisions that we make. It not only affects our lives, it affects the lives of other people. It affects our families. It affects our reputation, our testimony. That's why we need to make wise decisions. Let me give you some things to pray for when it comes to helping the people that you love and care about. Here's how you can pray specifically for them. Pray that God will give them wisdom and understanding. Pray that they will choose the right friends. Pray that they will, how they handle their money. Pray how they spend their time. Why? Because idle time is the devil's time. They need to understand the value of time and how they spend it wisely. How they handle temptation. Because it's not a matter of if. It's simply a matter of when the enemy puts them in a compromising situation. Well, here's what we need to pray. We need to pray 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where it says these words, We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God, who will be faithful to you, he will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, notice carefully, this is the key. God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. So pray that as they're in the fork of the road, and as the enemy is taunting them, and tempting them, and testing them, Help them to be able to discern what is best. Help them to make wise decisions so that they make the best decision that honors God and they can continue to live victoriously. It's so important. 
So Paul gave us a third thing that we can do when we push restart in our relationships. He said, not only do you need to pray that our friends and our loved ones will grow more and more in love, but also that they will make wise decisions. And then thirdly, pray that they will do the right thing. That they will live pure and blameless, Paul said. One of my favorite um, characters in the Bible is a guy by the name of Joseph. And the reason why I love Joseph so much, so much is because Joseph was not only a, a young man, but throughout his whole life, he was put through trials and testings and, I mean, just some incredibly difficult circumstances that he had to endure. And what's interesting is that even though he went through so many times of testing and trials and temptations in his life, he always did the right thing. He always took the high road. He, he lived this life that was just such an incredible inspiration and testimony because he lived with purity and he lived with a sense of innocence in his life. I love the story in Genesis 39 where it says, Now Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. He worked out at Crunch several times a day. And about this time, Potiphar's wife began to desire him and invited him to sleep with her. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife. How could I ever do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. But she kept putting pressure on him day after day. But he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he was doing his work inside the house. And she came and grabbed him by the shirt, demanding, sleep with me. And Joseph, noticed, tore himself away. But as he did, his shirt came off. She was left holding it. Notice, as he ran from the house. You know what we need to pray for our loved ones? You know what we need to pray for our spouse as he or she is on that business trip? When they're alone in that hotel room? You know what we need to pray for our kids? Listen, when they're out with their friends and they're with the wrong people at the wrong place at the wrong time, we need to pray as Forrest Gump, run, Forrest, run, run. We need to pray that they will run as fast and as far as they possibly can from the wrong people and the wrong places and the wrong points of temptation so that they can live a life that is honorable and pleasing to the Lord. That they'll do the right thing. That there'll be a sense of purity and innocence about how they live their life. Why? Because they do the right thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, do the right thing. We need to do the right thing. Give you a little entertainment news. I was um, intrigued by Kanye West. Kanye West was at the Super Bowl. I don't know if y'all saw, but last Sunday at the Super Bowl, Kanye West hooked up with a pastor down in Miami. 
called Boo Church, and they did uh, this massive outdoor church service. And that's what Kanye West is taking all over the country. He's calling the Sunday services, and he's just, I mean, literally packing them in everywhere he goes. But what's awesome is that Kanye West is obviously a new born-again Christian. God's radically changed his life. He just released his album um, this latter, latter part of this past year, and the thing has just blown up, and God's just given him incredible influence and impact. And, and as you all know, uh, he's married to Kim Kardashian. She's a little sketchy with, uh, you know, just, she's kind of out there, you know what I'm saying? And so he began to talk to his wife about the way she dressed and about when she goes out in public and makes certain appearances, he's like, hey, don't flaunt it like you normally do. Like, tone it down. And she took a little offense to that, and she was kind of like, hey, well, you know, I'm not where you are right now. I believe that God began to work on her heart. I believe perhaps God began to honor the prayers that Kanye was praying for his wife. And who knows the story behind the story. But I read an article that was very encouraging. Last month, in January, she came out and what she said in a public statement that was actually picked up by a Christian magazine that was sharing the story, how she was actually scrolling through her own Instagram and for the first time became embarrassed. And so she made a vow and a resolution. Now, I'll confess, I haven't seen the progress on her Instagram, okay? But what she made a vow to do last month is she made a vow to start dressing more modestly because the reality hit home that she did not want to be a bad example to her own children. And I thought to myself, wow, we need more of that in our society today. We need more of that in our culture where we live in a, in a day and an age where this young generation, they don't, listen, you're talking about lines and what's right and what's wrong. They don't even know where the lines are. I mean, they're so blurred and everything's so gray and everything is so diluted and everything is so confusing. And, and it, what's sad and unfortunate is that we have a generation that no longer even understands what a sense of purity and innocence and blamelessness is simply because maybe they've never been taught. But yet they hear over and over and over by our culture that seems to popularize the notion that, hey, all truth is relative. So, hey, what's right for you may not necessarily be right for this person over here. But at the end of the day, hey, that's your choice to determine what's right and what's wrong. No, 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 no. God has a plan. He has a good. He has a pleasing. And he has a perfect will for your life and for my life. And God created you so he could have a relationship with you. And God created you and he placed you on this earth so that you can stand out and so that you can shine and you can be a bold and beautiful and radiant light to this entire world that's living in darkness and God wants your life and he wants my life and he wants our marriages, he wants our families, he wants our kids, he wants this generation to be a generation that stands up for what is righteous and truthful and holy and pure and blameless. Why? 
Because God wants to use us. He wants to use us. And so no matter what kind of mistakes you've made or maybe things that you've done in the past that maybe you're not proud of or you wish you could go back and redo, let me say, tell you something. You can't push restart. You can't do it over. We just need to pray for one another. Why? Because we need to grow in our love toward God, toward each other. Listen, we need to, listen, we need to grow in a way that allows us to make wise decisions so we can discern what is best, so we can make the most in every opportunity. Listen, so that we can do the right thing, so that our lives, listen, will have a sense of innocence, purity. And then lastly, we need to pray. Ready for this? Pray that our loved ones our friends, our spouse will live for God's glory. I love what the scripture says in Ephesians 5.10 and verse 11. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, hey, expose them. Expose them by the way we live our lives, so that our lives will be set apart and our lives will live in such a way to bring honor and glory to God. Philippians 1.11, Paul finishes his prayer with these words. He said, my prayer is, is that you will be filled with the fruit of righteousness, that which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Hey, you want to you see a difference in your relationships? You want to see a difference in your marriage? You want to see a difference in your friendships with your coworkers and your classmates? Start praying for them. Pray for them. And not just pray for them. Pray specifically. That they, they will grow in love. Pray specifically that they will make wise choices. Pray specifically that they'll always do the right thing and pray specifically that they will live for God's glory. I think the best place to do that, to help us actually accomplish that is in the local church. I believe with all of my heart, the Bible wants us, listen, the Bible says that we are to be planted, that we are to be rooted in the house of our God. And the best thing you could do to grow in every area of your life is to doing what you're doing right now. And that's just make church a priority. Make healthy, life-giving, Christ-centered relationships and friendships a priority in your life. One of the best ways to do that is through what we call life groups. We've got all kinds of opportunities coming up. Stuff for men, stuff for women. And tonight our students are gathering together. And we have life groups for young adults. We have, listen, we have groups that are available. We have mentoring. We have all kinds of opportunities. But at the end of the day, we've got to begin to develop a strong foundation. We need to take advantage of opportunities to grow, not just in our faith, but to grow in our gifts. And in the way God has, 
listen, placed inside of us certain passions. Why is that so important? Because God wants you to make the most of every opportunity in the way you spend your time so that you can live your life, listen, living with greater impact so that you can live your life making an eternal difference in the lives of people. And there's all kinds of opportunities. There are endless ways that you can make a difference. Now just imagine what would happen if this actually became a reality. Imagine what would happen if we just started praying for the people we care about. The people became more loving. Imagine what would happen if people began to shift their focus and their priorities away from the things of this world and all the distractions that come with it. Just think if people actually put their focus and their priority back on God. Just think if people just fell in love with God and became more loving toward other people. What could happen? Think about what would happen if people just started making wise decisions that they walked with a sense of understanding that they could discern the difference between what was right and wrong. Imagine what kind of testimony we could have in our lives. Imagine what kind of difference could be made in our marriages and in our family relationships if we just did the right thing. Where we lived with a sense of innocence and purity and blamelessness in our world and culture today. Imagine if the people of God and the church of God begin to live their lives for the glory of God to make a difference and to push back the darkness and to claim more turf for the glory of God that the enemy has tried to take. Well, that's what God has called you. And that is what he's called me to do. And the best place to do that is in our relationships. Because if our relationships aren't right, life isn't right. We got to get our relationship right with God so we can get our relationships right with each other. And when we learn to love God, we'll be in a better position to love one another. And God wants to use you. He wants to use me today to push restart and change our approach with a whole new way of thinking when it comes to our relationships. Okay? Let's fire our heads together. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.